Backlog 30 days is not so tough to break. No worries, no hassles, no more sand castles. Simply basic approach will definitely fetch some growth. No panic, no competition, only mindset modification. Would reprioritize and re-roll the dice. Surely in my favor, efforts little braver. I'm all set, ready to begin. Beta selective blockers is the topic in trend. Welcome all to this Pharmacology Difficult Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find, and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Today's festival talk, yes, if you are not aware, it's the Diwali time, the great festival of lights. Today's festive talk is all centered around beta-1 selective blockers. Our major drugs of concern gonna be metoprolol, etanolol, esmolol, esibutolol, bisoprolol and pitaxolol. Let's begin the convo with metoprolol. Metoprolol is a beta-1 selective blocker. It does not possess intrinsic sympathomimetic property. It undergoes extensive first-pass metabolism, so the oral bioavailability is quite less. CYP2D6, that is the enzyme responsible for metabolizing the drug metoprolol. So if the capital CYP2D6, it varies genetically, so will the metabolism of the drug metoprolol in the different individuals. Normally, the half-life of metoprolol is up to 4 hours. The extended release dosage forms of the metoprolol, they are very good for once a day dosing. And the main indications of metoprolol are majorly the cardiac pathologies like essential hypertension, angina pectoris, tachycardia, heart failure, vagal syncope, etc. There may be other secondary uses of metoprolol like in the prevention of myocardial infection. It also helps in the therapy of hyperthyroidism and it can be used in the prophylaxis of migraine. For therapy of angina, it is administered in two divided doses. Now, metoprolol tartarate is the IV formulation for the acute myocardial infection. And you need to remember this, it's an important indication of metoprolol. This acute myocardial infarction, it can be modified or in different situations related like the myocardial infarction with low heartbeat, that is less than 45 beats per minute. It can be a little slightly more than the first degree heart block. It can be in the situation when systolic blood pressure is less than 100 millimeter mercury and it can be a condition of moderate to severe heart failure. So then we can modify the dose and the formulations. But generally you need to remember that metoprolol tartarate is the IV formulation for acute myocardial infarction. Now is the time to shift the spotlight from metoprolol to etanolol. 
What about etanolol? It's the hydrophilic drug. There is no significant central nervous system penetration. There is absence of intrinsic sympathomimetic activity and also membrane stabilizing activity. The major route of excretion is renal. And if there is a condition of renal failure, the drug tends to accumulate in large amounts. This drug, etanolol, is very useful for cardiac pathologies like essential hypertension, coronary heart disease, angina, arrhythmias, etc. It's also useful in the hypertension which is associated with Graves' disease. It can be used till the medicine of the Graves' disease shows or starts showing its effect. Daily dose of 50 mg is very good to begin with and then you have to observe for a few weeks if there is no optimum response. Then you can increase the dose from 50 mg per day to 100 mg per day. In very aged individuals, combination with diuretic is quite useful, especially in the cases of isolated systolic hypertension. Then the side effects are slightly of the central nervous system and even there can be slight side effects of the respiratory system that is some kind of bronchospastic adverse effects but they are very slight rather minimal with the use of etanolol. That's all about etanolol. It's a time to highlight esmolol. Now, esmolol, it's distinguished drug with its rapid onset of action and short duration of action. So, they are both the things. There is rapid onset of action also and then the action is very short-lived. There is some level of intrinsic sympathomimetic activity which is found in esmolol, but there is no membrane stabilizing activity. The preferred route of drug administration is intravenous and it is used when short-acting drugs they are desirable because you cannot use it for a long-term therapy. It's very useful in critically ill patients which generally demand drug withdrawal due to the developing side effects like bradycardia, hypertension, etc. Now, one thing for your kind information is that esmolol is also class 2 antiarrhythmic drug. Yes, so that is an additional information about esmolol which you should remember. Next thing we need to know is that slow intravenous infusion injection of esmolol is desirable. Slightly, there is a loading dose given which is followed by continuous drug administration. Then what happens? There is a rapid hydrolysis of drug by the erythrocytic esterases and can you imagine the half-life of the drug is only about 8 minutes. Now longer half-life is of the metabolite of the esmolol. And what kind of metabolite is it? It is a carboxylic acid metabolite. Now this metabolite, it tends to accumulate in the long-term infusion and it's not a very good alternative to esmolol why because its potency is very less as compared to esmolol as a beta blocker 
So it's better to go for esmolol rather than going for the metabolite. Now let's get to know the uses or the indications of esmolol. It's used for the treatment or prevention of the supraventricular tachycardia or simply tachycardia during surgery procedures. It's a very good agent in the post-operative hypertension. Now generally if you see that during surgery or after the operative procedures, there's an increased blood pressure or there's an increased cardiac output or even if the heart rate increases, you can definitely choose esmolol as a drug of choice in such situations. Now there are certain researchers from the American Heart Association and American College of Cardiology, they actually pose some kind of restriction on the esmolol use, especially when the subject or the individual or the patient receiving the drug is on already a beta blocker therapy or the patient is suffering from decompensated heart failure or the patient is actually bradycardic then why we need to avoid esmolol because there are chances of precipitation of myocardial depression and the chances they are much much more so better to avoid esmolol in such patients or individuals now the side effect needed to be taken care of is the increased risk of hypotension that is low blood pressure which is actually reversible but it may sometimes pose some kind of threats in the susceptible individuals. Now, next drug to be talked about is acibutolol. It's a beta-1 blocker. It has some intrinsic sympathomimetic activity. It has some level of membrane stabilizing activity also. The route of the drug administration is oral. Then, this drug, acibutolol, is subjected to a greater degree of first-pass metabolism. Then we get an active metabolite that is diacetylol. This diacetol is responsible for the major amount of the drug activity. The most important route of drug excretion is renal. Then acetylol is lipophilic in nature. Then significant amount enters the brain and can cross the blood-brain barrier. What are the main indications? We have the main indications like hypertension, ventricular and atrial cardiac arrhythmias, acute myocardial infarction and then we can use acibutolol in a condition of Smith-Majanus syndrome. In a situation of Smith-Majanus syndrome, now what is a Smith-Majanus syndrome? It's a kind of a developmental error or condition which is caused by the chromosomal deletion and how it affects the child. The child's ability to fall asleep and also to stay asleep is adversely affected. There is also adverse effects on the ability of the child to learn and also on the child's behavior. So we can use up to certain level. The acetylol drug can be used to control the situation of Smith-Majanus syndrome. But one thing you need to know that Smith-Majanus syndrome is not curable. We can just control certain symptoms and signs, though the permanent cure is not available. Then what can be the next use of acetylol? It can be adopted in single dose, but two divided doses, they are nice and preferable. And the initial dose is begun with 400 to 800 milligram per day. 
Next, we have on our plate Bisoprolol. It's a very selective beta 1 blocker. It has no intrinsic sympathomimetic activity. It has no membrane stabilizing activity. It is highly selective for beta 1. It is more selective than any other drug, but it's slightly less than nebivolol. That it is very good drug to treat hypertension. We can see some common side effects associated with bisoprolol like dizziness, bradycardia, hypertension, tiredness. The preferred route for the administration of bisoprolol is oral and it's a very good route. The bioavailability is up to 90%. That's quite a good bioavailability. Then the major excreting route is renal route. That is not major, I should say, rather it's half. 50% via the renal route and 50% excretion occurs via the liver route. It's a good to use choice of drug in combination with angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors. It can be very nicely combined with diuretics and where it can be used in stable or moderate to severe heart failure. So there it can find good therapies. It can be also used for the therapy of arrhythmias, ischemic heart disease and that was all about bisoprolol. Lastly, we have to talk about the only drug left with us for the day is bitaxolol. What you need to know about bitaxolol is not much great info but whatever you need to know is very important. It's a selective beta blocker. There is no partial agonistic activity. There is a little extent of membrane stabilizing activity. It is a good drug to, to be used for the therapy of hypertension, glaucoma, angina. It has a good bioavailability. It is very well tolerated and side effects, they are very mild, not very severe or much to be talked about. So that was all from my end about the beta 1 selective blockers that we have covered almost all the drugs today but now i want to give you some information in case you have been following me currently on social media i have recently launched my e-newsletter which was also not available for a few months because of some other important blockages of time so now i have actually remodified it the name of the newsletter is crafted now it is known as the pharmacology further e-newsletter i hope you like the name and do let me know your comments about the name now why does pharmacology further because it's a step further pharmacology it will be covering talks about the latest trends in the pharmacology medicine health and it will also be covering some news about nutrition it will be covering talks about and updates about my books and my writing ventures also there will be a section of off the cuff talks there we'll talk about some topic which will be related to some good values and something we need to learn and adopt in our lives i hope you like the concept i hope you like the topic and the name of the e-newsletter so what I've decided is not only the e-newsletter, what you'll be getting along with the newsletter is a podcast. 
So we have a brand new podcast known as the Pharmacology Further Podcast. In case you have not checked out, it is a monthly podcast and the October month episode is available almost everywhere. So you can just go and listen to it. And the whole e-newsletter will be in a kind of an audiobook podcast. So that was the latest info from my end. And lastly, I just want to say that it's the festival time, the time to enlighten, the time to be bright, the time to shine and sparkle. Hope you all have a wonderful festival and may you eliminate all the negativities and the darkness from your lives and invite the positivity and the brightness the sparkling scintillating light of diwali may it brighten your lives like it has never done before for all the updates and latest information on my podcast you can visit www.isfarmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine and that is the Pharmacology Further e-newsletter. It actually consists of a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information, my podcast updates, my books and writing venture updates, and nutrition talk and also some off-the-cuff talks. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn which are all with the same name is Pharmacology Difficult. If you're listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.